Transition is an indie rock band. It was formed by brothers Josh and Jesse Edbrook when they were teenagers in Bristol in the UK and who went on to live in Taiwan in 2009. Since then, they've collaborated with numerous Taiwanese artists, including Rainy Yang and Julia Peng, and they worked on Winglow's Golden Melody Award winning albums in 2016 and 2021. You're listening to The Journey Podcast, where I, Cy Wilmore, talk with pioneers, trailblazers, and thought leaders who are pushing the envelope in their industry. Season five is brought to you in partnership with the Taiwan Tourism Administration. All the band members at the time, it was our first ever trip to East Asia. Sure. Um, so the connection came about actually in the UK in Bristol. So um, there were a number of Taiwanese students who had been studying in Bristol that I had got to know, uh, who had become friends, and we'd always invite them to see our gigs in Bristol. And generally, after every gig, they would say, "You know, you guys have got to come to Taiwan. Uh, you know, bring really? the band to Taiwan." And I think. To be honest, they were probably half joking, um, <laughs> or at least I'm not sure how serious they were, but, um, but we took them seriously. Uh, and so over the course of a couple of years, looked into you know, uh, the actual feasibility and possibility of going to Taiwan. And um, actually, we didn't really realize it at the time, but that early 2000s, kind of the early noughties, was a time when in Taiwan, uh, bands and rock indie music was really beginning to flourish. Mm -hmm. um, so anyway, we ended up getting invited to this festival called Spring Screen, uh, which happens in the very south of Taiwan, in a place called Kanding, uh, which is, I mean, it's, uh, it's almost, it's like a tropical, um, it's an incredible environment anyway. It's, it's near the beach, uh, but then there's mountains in the background. And two weeks before, we got an email from them saying, you know, we love your music. We've given you a main stage slot. Amazing. Uh, wow. Really looking forward to having you. So we were like, wow, well, we've got to get flights and we've got to, you know, check out visas and, you know, see what's going on. Um, thankfully, we actually, we had quite a few friends who had been in Bristol who had now gone back to Taiwan. Mm -hmm. So we had, we had local help. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Great. So, so, I mean, when you talk about my first memory of Taiwan, I think it was coming in to land there, getting to the airport and thinking, you know, what, what is happening here? Have we <laughs> made a tremendous mistake? You know, where have we ended up? Um, and then seeing, seeing a friend who had studied in Bristol previously meeting us at the airport and just that sense of this is, this is great. You know, this is going to work out. Um, and actually one of the really, uh, funny things was that um, this this friend, this student, her family ran a bakery in Taiwan. So the first place that I, I ever went in Taiwan, they picked us up at the airport and drove us straight to her family bakery. Oh, I walked brilliant. in and her, her dad, who's the master baker, was like, just take anything you want. We're so <laughs> glad you're here. So that was really funny. Yeah, just going around the shop and you know, picking up a few cakes that I'd never seen before. Because uh, their style is totally different. And really, that was the theme for our first trip. Everything seemed so new uh, and far removed from what we like. like as we've mentioned, you know, we toured in Europe and around the UK. But um, this first time in East Asia, 
things did feel so different just from the environment, the climate, the food, the language. Um, and I guess our, our, what we really wanted to do was just completely immerse ourselves in it. Having arrived in Taipei, you know, it's this big metropolis mm-hmm. um, with flashing lights. And actually, Taipei 101 had just been finished, which was the tallest really building in true. the world at the time. So, um, so again, you know, we, it was just really exciting. But then a couple of days later, uh, we caught this, this night bus down to Spring Street to the festival, which is a completely different environment. You know, you leave the city and you end up by the beach with palm trees and mountains in the background. And it was like, wow, on this really small island, uh, within a few hours, you can, you can get such different environments. Um, so, yeah, I mean, our first trip, we were only there for about 10 days, but we really did experience quite, you know, from the very urban to the really natural side of Taiwan. Um, and then obviously music, music was what had led us there. And the, the really amazing thing about the festival, Spring Scream, it was quite a grassroots thing. There was a real sense of community there. So we uh, really connected with quite a lot of other bands, Taiwanese bands, during that trip. Uh, because everybody seemed to be in on each other's shows. You know, you'd go and watch mm-hmm. someone, you'd go up to them after their gig and you say, yeah, that was great, really enjoyed it. And they would come and watch you. Um, and it started friendships and musical connections uh, that have carried on till now. So, you know, 15 plus years, um, which, Fantastic. you know, that was that was one of the things I think that from that first ever trip to Taiwan, it felt to us like, ah, this is different from just a tour. You know, this is a long-term connection that we really want to build on and and actually enter into the, the, the inside of what's going on here, not just be, you know, foreigners coming in to play our, our stuff and show off and go home again. Brilliant. Jesse, perhaps you could tell us kind of, what was there anything specific that kind of inspired the move? Was there something that made you want to specifically live in Taiwan rather than just kind of visit every so often, as your brother says? He just loved it. <laughs> so for us, it was the natural uh, progression from thinking we've made all these um, friends and we've, we've loved the music scene here. It's quite an exciting, growing music scene. And we just thought, hey, let's take the plunge. Let's, let's just you know risk it and, and go for living in Taipei and see how it goes. So, yeah, we worked with um, all sorts of people in those early days and, and we had a real crash course in almost like the history of Mandarin music and rock music and pop music and getting to know who the different artists were. Um, and, and also from having the, you know, the opportunity to work with some of those artists. So I remember one of them called uh, Wawa, who is Jin Zhen. And she was one of the first rock female singers. And we got to meet her and she was lovely. Um, and a great performer, very passionate, very fiery. And, you know, she had some big hits in the in the 80s throughout you know, the whole of China. Um, and had had a family and then was wanting to launch her career again. So we got to work with her and arrange, you know, a couple of her songs and things. And it was just fantastic to be a part of that sense of music moving on and the history, but also not just her. Lots of um, bands from the underground, one called Green Eyes, who we particularly connected with. And they're still going today. Um, wow. You know, we're all kind of late teens back then. But, um, you know, now Green Eyes have gone on to make amazing music, really creative, 
very well recorded, quite analogy sounding, lo-fi. And then we also worked with um, lots of people in the kind of more shiny end of the pop scene as well, which was which was really fun. Fantastic, fantastic. So, you know, you've, you've moved out there. You've obviously noticed something really, really special about the country and you want to be a kind of, as I say, you want to be more of a permanent fixture in the Taiwanese music scene. Um, so, you know, the Taiwan-the-UK relationship is building. The Taiwan-UK connection through your, through yourselves is strengthening so much so that it hit a pinnacle in 2012. Uh, you actually ended up writing and recording the official theme song for the Taiwan team competing at the, the London 2012 Olympics. That was, I mean, that was a really exciting time. Sure. Um, so uh, leading up to that, one of the one of the key kind of progressions that had happened for us as a band had been language learning. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, talking about moving to Taiwan, one of the real things that we wanted to do was to learn Mandarin. And, and the idea being to get inside the lifestyle, the culture and Absolutely. the music scene. Um, for communication's sake and for friendship's sake. We hadn't actually thought originally that it would be uh, almost even possible for us to write our own songs in Mandarin because that seemed (laughs) too hard. You know, it seemed too too far away. Um, But over the course of a few years, then that was something that we started to do and very much with the encouragement of other peers in the music scene there. Um, and so this Olympic opportunity, by that point, we were starting to write songs in Mandarin. Amazing. Uh, and with the games coming to London in 2012, we kind of thought, well, maybe we're the perfect people to, to write a song for the team. Uh, partly because it's, it's a bit of a UK thing, isn't it? It's kind of a culture that we have that for sporting events like the World Cup or the Olympics, um, there would usually be a theme song for you know sure, team GB sure. or yeah. for the England team, um, and we found that they didn't have that in Taiwan for their team. So so we we had this idea and we talked to a few friends about it and they were a bit like oh I don't think you know we don't do that. <laughs> um, so we thought well let's just go straight to the Olympic Committee. They're, you know they're called the Chinese Taipei olympic committee in taiwan uh-huh. and um so we kind of just turned up at their rocked up at their office uh <laughs> one day and um the security guard at the door was a bit like what what are these guys doing here <laughs> Brilliant. um but but thankfully they they sent a message upstairs to the to the powers that be to say you know there's these funny english guys at the door Amazing. talking about writing a song and um and someone came down the stairs and we're like oh we've we've seen about you guys on the news recently uh so glad you're here come on upstairs and let's have a meeting so then and there we sat down at this table with all these you know memorabilia around the room of gold medalists uh from from taiwan and things it was amazing um and we put this idea to them of um can we write a song for you that can be the theme song for your athletes going to the london games uh, and they were really happy. They said, you know, we've never had a song before for our team. Um, we'd love that. So so that's how it started. Um, and then we were thinking about, you know, how can we uh, how can we film a music video? And um, and so we used the stadium in Kaohsiung, which was their World Game Stadium. So it was this really cool new stadium. You know, the roof was made of solar panels and things. Um, um, we, you know, about a week later, I think we were down there filming, doing a music video for that. And then we came back to the UK and when the athletes 
were arriving in the UK, we were there to welcome them at, uh, at Heathrow. So it was really funny. I remember a, a really classic moment where uh, some of the taekwondo athletes from Taiwan, just they had just come through immigration at Heathrow. And there was a crowd of Taiwanese people there. And we were there with our instruments, um, kind of singing away as they came through. And uh, and we had bought a Cadbury's chocolate gold medal. Uh, <laughs> and it was just the perfect moment. <laughs> I, so I presented this gold medal to uh, one of the Taiwan like leading taekwondo athletes sure. uh, and all the news cameras <laughs> picked it up at, the, at that moment and um so friends back in taiwan were saying i oh, was we see you on repeat on the news all day uh <laughs> giving a gold medal to our, to our athlete um, amazing so there were some some fantastic moments like that where it just felt like a real honor that we were able to to make this kind of connection um and it, in some ways a little bit of history uh because i think then yeah. for, for the next games then in Rio in 2016, then there was a Taiwanese band who wrote a theme song for their team. Uh, and it seems like we were able to start something that they are carrying on themselves now, uh, which was really fantastic. nice. That's fantastic. I mean, I think the connection, the word that you just said there, connection is the exact perfect word for this, right? You know, music is a wonderful thing that it can it can bring people together. It can kind of transcend mm-hmm. language uh, and it can help to, to, to bond people from, you know, effectively the other side of the world. Jesse, let's move across to you now in terms of how do you take inspiration from Taiwan? How do you blend it into your music? We try to stick as naturally as possible to our experiences. So quite often, rather than thinking of ideas or concepts that were too far away from us, we really drew from inspiration from what we were experiencing. So when we were missing our friends and family in Taipei, there was a few moments where you felt, you know, my my grandma got sick um, and had cancer and... um, yeah, so it's, it's kind of moments like that where you feel like you are far away from yeah, home. Cool. In terms of things like food and culture, and um, actually we loved it in Taipei such a lot. It, we didn't miss English culture that much, but it was, it's moments like that where we thought, oh, do you know what, we'd really like to put that into words and into a feeling. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And by doing that, we, we got one of our friends called Wing to help us write a song called Shi Wan Ba Li, which is kind of that... Chinese idiom or saying that means we're 108,000 miles from home and and it's kind of meaning like you know you feel like you're at the end of the world away from the people that you love absolutely and our friend Wing was in Beijing at the time and he was kind of missing his friends too in Taiwan and for us it was that collaboration with someone else who was going through a similar thing but also that personal experience that really made it real for us Um, and then it was really beautiful because we got to sing that song to all sorts of people around the world. Um, in the UK, Taiwanese students who are missing Taiwan, you know, loving their experience abroad, but actually, you know, let's say Chinese New Year, feeling like they're missing their family or, you know, it was a way of connecting. Um, but through our own experience and, and writing something that then took on a meaning and meant something slightly different to other people. And I think those moments excite us. And so, I've, I've talked about quite a, maybe a meaningful one there in terms of uh, a more difficult emotion, trying to process that. But in terms of Dwebe Chi, which is one of our songs which we wrote, it's experiencing the lightheartedness of life, you know, trying to speak Chinese, getting it wrong, worrying that you've offended someone, <laughs> and then actually turning that into, do you know what, that's okay, rather than trying to pretend that we were great at Chinese. So I think that's that's been 
something about who we are is a bit of an honesty um, and actually not being afraid to make mistakes, which actually nobody likes looking that foolish. But the best way of dealing with it for me is, is just to say, hey, you know what? <laughs> I just said something really bad there by mistake, and, and uh, just laughing about it. Um, I mean, as you say, the the only way you can learn a language is just to be willing to make a bit of a prat of yourself, right? Like, uh, Lord knows, it's, <laughs> yeah. Lord knows, it's right. very very difficult Chinese, you know, Mandarin to to French. But I used to live in France, and basically being an Englishman in France, you're on the back foot already. Let's be frank. And then when you try to speak <laughs> their language, and you make an apps, let's face it, you make an absolute plonker of yourself because you say something absolutely appalling. But you just mm. kind of have to own it, right? You have to be like, yeah, sorry, I'm the ignorant yeah. person. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, whether you're in France or Taiwan or anywhere else. You mentioned there, mm. Jesse, you mentioned mm. Wing, Wing, which I assume is Wing Low. Of course, you you guys have, have collaborated with, with numerous kind of Taiwan right. artists yeah. over over the years, including Wing Low, including Rainy Yang, including Julia Peng. Uh, Josh, let's bring it back to you. Maybe you could relive some some favourite kind of memories working with with uh, Taiwanese recording artists. You know, collaborating with these people. Yeah. So let me let me pick out two specific memories. Sure. So first one um, was in Taiwan. We we had just moved out to Taiwan about for about six months, I think, or maybe even not quite that long. Um, when a, a a contact of ours who was in music said. Can you, you know, do you guys do session work? Mm-hmm. To which we were like, well, we haven't done that much. We usually play our own stuff, but yeah, sure, you know, we can. Take it time, um, make it. <laughs> well, that's right. And and so he invited us to a um, an audition, which we were like, oh right, this seems a bit serious. We thought we thought it was just <laughs> going to be jamming in a pub kind of <laughs> brilliant collaboration. Um, but you know, there we were in this audition, and then all these managers from Sony turned up. Wow. Thought, what is wow. all this about? And um, and eventually, Jess had been the contact for for this whole thing. And uh, I, for some reason, we'd all me and and I we'd just gone along with it. Uh, and so eventually, I said to Jess, you know, who? What's the name of the person, by the way? You know, who is it mm-hmm. that they're asking us to to work with? And he said, oh, I'm, it's someone called Rainy. I don't really know who it is. Um, to which I was like, what? <laughs> she's massive you know this is going to be a huge gig Amazing. <laughs> and sure enough it was it was Brilliant. her first ever uh, arena show that they were oh, doing so it was, a, it was a really big thing and so yeah we ended up as part of the band for her um first gig which was in taipei arena with a twelve thousand capacity i think and God, they this massive show with all these stage lifts and she flew in on the back of a giant unicorn at the beginning and of course um, why not right <laughs> well absolutely yeah yeah so, who doesn't want to so see that was, that, that was in- <laughs> that's amazing so it was incredible being involved in that kind of massive pop production um was different from anything we'd ever done before but it was a great experience kind of to the other end of the spectrum um talking about wing wing law Mm. Uh, so we we have been friends with him ever since our first some of our first visits to Taiwan. At which point he was kind of a singer songwriter, um, known amongst people that loved his music but not famous at all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, anyway, we really connected with him and we collaborated quite a lot over the years uh, until probably after you know we've been friends for about ten years when he said to us, "Guys, I've got this this idea. I want to make a hacker album." And um, so that's a different dialect 
they're, they're different languages yeah, altogether. Yeah, sure. Uh, so, so it's 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 different from Mandarin, but his mother tongue was was Hakka, and um, and he said, "I've got these songs. Can you help me arrange them?" So we did, and and we you know we were in this little practice room together, and we helped him arrange these Hakka songs, um, and then we did most of the tracking for him in the studio, and then actually we went back to the UK after that, and. It was he released the album and it had a good reception actually it did pretty well but then come the golden melody awards and these are like the the, the grammys if you like absolutely that take place they're the biggest awards in mandarin music and i remember sitting in uh, the kitchen at home in bristol watching the the live youtube feed amazing uh, and seeing him win his first ever golden melody award for this album that we had recorded together with him wow and just feeling like that's our guy, that's our mate, that's our friend. Yeah, there <laughs> he amazing. is on the stage, you know, just reading out his thank you speech. And oh, it was it was incredible. And then the following year, he got invited by the Golden Melody Awards to go and perform as like a former winner. Uh, and so he invited us to be his band. Amazing. So there we were then the following year, uh, back in this same Taipei Arena, this you know twelve thousand capacity stadium this time with all the tv cameras doing live feed as well uh for for wing and it just it felt like such a privilege to have been part of his journey from you know a, a local singer songwriter as it were to this golden melody award-winning artist uh, and that's something that we've really treasured you know all the best opportunities that we've had have come through friendships and that's been a real theme i think of our journey as a band jesse uh, back to you any kind of favorite moments as as your career has progressed as recording artists oh yeah there's so many um <laughs> one of our friends who's a famous producer from taiwan now and he was in green eyes um and was kind of the brains behind green eyes mm -hmm. he came to the uk and for us being able to host friends from taiwan in the uk is an absolute joy so we've loved it um because of the warm welcome we've had in taiwan Really and he amazing. came to Bristol and um, for some reason we were recording drums and I had to leave the studio for a doctor's appointment or something. I wasn't, I don't think I was particularly well at that point, um, but I was like, there's no way I'm going to miss that opportunity to record. And I went off and there was this one song called Jin Manjang. I, I told Josh, I said, it's about this tempo. Here's my, uh, you know, idea, but I hadn't got anything hardly recorded for it. So I just went off and he had to make it up, uh, you know, kind of rhythms, here's some fills into the chorus, here's a different kind of groove for the chorus. And I went away and wrote the song. Um, and then we asked our friend Polar Bear, who was in Taiwan with us, but we kind of still collaborate with and are still great friends with, um, but he doesn't come out to tour with us as much. And so he put on some great vocals. And from being this just idea where I went out of the studio and felt really bad, I came back and jammed, you know, with Josh on that on that um, particular riff, and we came out with this song, which I was so happy with. <laughs> it was mixed by our friend uh, Sam, who was in um, he was in Seattle at the time, actually. So we were sending it around the world, you know, sending it to awesome. so guys cool. in Taiwan to to help us write, and then uh, Sam mixed it in Seattle at the time, sent it back to me, and then we got it released, and there was all sorts of places where it it went, uh, and. It was just so special to see. So one of those examples was we played a concert in the British Library. Wow. And it was a sellout. <laughs> That's <laughs> so amazing. The weirdest place to play a concert. 
Um, and it was because the original Shakespeare manuscripts were going on tour to China, and they said, "Well, who who can sing in Chinese and who's from England?" And they got us, and it was just the the most surreal concert. But it was amazing <laughs> to be able to sing that song that had gone through that process of you know being sent around the world to all these different friends and and actually perform it to all these people from England, from Asia, in the British Library. <laughs> Good lord! <laughs> One of the funniest things was right back when we. Were, 18 or 19, we had a, a, a song um, with um, our friend then, who, who isn't in the band anymore, but who um, we're still really good friends with, and it was called Riot in a Library. <laughs> 15 years later, it's the fulfillment of Riot in a Library in the most kind of you know fun and uh, respectful way. So, yeah. That's uh, well, Jesse, you just mentioned there, kind of a beach bar. Josh, any kind of favourite destinations that come to mind that have either influenced your music or have had a specific place in, in your heart as somewhere you've maybe played? I remember playing in a like a really small cafe in the city called Kaohsiung in the south of Taiwan. And uh, again, it was our first time playing there. We'd never been to the venue before. And when we arrived, it was a clothes shop. We were like, are we in the wrong place? <laughs> but someone came out and took us in. They're like, no, no, here we are. And so we went up to the next floor and it was a kitchen. Wow. Uh, and they were like, what, what is this? And then there was a ladder that we had to climb up to go up into kind of like the attic space, Amazing. as it were. Um, and then there was this little kind of lounge area, uh, and we we're like, "Wow, this is unusual." <laughs> um, so it was an it was an acoustic style gig, uh, but it actually it was crammed, like it was totally rammed. There was, I mean, it was a small place. So there was probably twenty or thirty people there, um, but they were so up for it, and and the venue amazing. had actually done an amazing job of promoting the gig. Like everyone who came, the ticket was a special plectrum like a guitar plectrum oh, with cool. the venue and the band name printed on it uh, so it's like memorabilia from that night only and i remember that just being one of the great gigs of our time in taiwan because everyone pretty much sung every word and was into it and uh, it was such a sense of community almost there um it was it was really special, and I mean the city of Kaohsiung is fantastic. It's it's on the coast, and yet it's got mountains right next to it. To pick out one other place that was totally different as well was uh, we got invited to play right up in the mountains. Wow. So it's the county called Nantol, uh, and Taiwan. For for those that don't know, it's basically you know you've got the plains in the west, you've got huge mountains all the way down the centre, and then a kind of sliver of flat land on the east. Mm -hmm. And so we went up into these mountains. Um, probably a couple of thousand meters above sea level, so it's it's high, and and the temperature totally changes as you go up. And we went to this indigenous village, uh, they, they call it a tribe, and we arrived at this place called the the Xingyishang Bulo, it's like the the Xingyishang tribe, and there was a venue there, and we kind of set up what we had, uh, and we sang a few songs, and then we had just a time of interaction of 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 talking and singing and we got them it was one of those things where you know often as a performer you say oh we you know sing this chorus with us or sing this bit mm -hmm, teach mm -hmm. it to them and i remember i remember we did that and they sang back so well we were just like almost blown off the stage well. like, these, these guys are amazing <laughs> singers um and sure enough actually the indigenous people of taiwan are, are famous for being for having fantastic voices yeah, of course yeah. uh um, and that you know we really experienced that firsthand, but in such an unusual uh, 
remote corner of mountainous Taiwan in the middle of kind of, you know, the forest area. So that was, Amazing. again, you know, there's, there's so many different environments in Taiwan that is all compact and quite a close space. Jesse, any kind of particular destinations that come to mind? Well, there's a place with so much history called The Wall. And uh, The Wall just had loads of legendary bands from over the years play there. And uh, why well, I say that, we've we played there as well. So, uh, you know, we've loved it, but... <laughs> Legendary. I'm not saying not? We're, we're legendary, but but yeah, no, we we really appreciated going there because it felt like a place where just bands and, and audiences really appreciated whatever energy you put in. So you play with everything that you've got, and people would really appreciate that there. And it's quite a grungy. I mean, it, it, these days it's got an incredible sound system, but um, back in the early days, you know, you felt like they were it was real rock and roll because it wasn't set up as a flashy venue. It was just yeah. people that really loved music and were, and were involved in the rock scene just out of pure passion. And whereabouts um, is the and way? I think they still are, but it's got slicker. It's in Gongguan, which is in Taipei. Folks, we, we've spoken a little bit about the, the past. We've spoken a little bit about the present. Let's kind of move into the, kind of into the future and looking forward. I guess something that's going to be a big part of, of maybe 2024 for the transition is, uh, well, it's a topic close to my own heart. You guys have started a, a podcast where you interview musicians and other people who have some sort of uh, UK to Taiwan connection. Jesse, could you share maybe a few examples of people you've spoken to recently what kind of interesting connections between the countries have you experienced so far yeah we've got a real range of, of fascinating people and i mean you're doing a, an amazing thing as well just bridging cultures and um oh, we really appreciate that <laughs> yeah, yeah appreciate no, it. genuinely i think thank you that's that's where so much life is and so much um people need to hear about that so anyway so one of the people that we've got as well is there's one of our friends who we took to Taiwan and he played concerts there and he's a musician from the UK, from Bristol called Robin, Robin Mitchell. And then, yeah, there's, there's just all sorts of uh, musicians from Taiwan as well who have come back to here. So we're, we're looking to just show people some of the inspiring stories of, of um, yeah, guys from UK, from Taiwan, probably more as well, but um, we'll hear more from uh, people in other countries too about what they're doing but we're starting off with the UK and Taiwan so yeah fantastic how interesting Josh what about yourself any kind of any examples of, of interesting people you've spoken to or interesting connections that you've discovered between the UK and Taiwan another another target for our interviewing is a, a friend of mine who uh, he studied a PhD at the University of Birmingham um, and the, the PhD was to do with ancient Chinese history and architecture, but actually he learned his Mandarin in Taiwan. And um, he first went to Taiwan when Transition were living there at that time. And that was great because I remember, you know, showing him around some places and introducing him because we were both in Taipei. Um, and we both started mountain climbing together while we were there. So we would, we would go up, you know, some of the smaller peaks around Taipei, uh, which were quite accessible. Uh, and climb in in the fog and in the mist and in the rain and in the hot sunshine as well. And you get these incredible views of of the city and of, of mountains around there. Um, but then talking to him about his research was fascinating because a lot of the best documentation and the best preserved stuff was all found in, in Taiwan. So um, it was another of these connections between the UK and Taiwan that... Uh, 
uh, with like on the academic side of things. So again, you know, quite removed from music, but still very much that that same you know bridging of cultures and understanding through historical research. So um, that was you know again another thing, and and obviously as I say, we we shared our passion for uh, the outdoors and for mountain climbing as as part of what we were doing in Taiwan. Amazing. Um, gents, tell us a little bit about uh, looking forward if people want to stay in touch, if they want to see where you're gigging next, where you're playing next. Where can they find you on social media? Perhaps, Jesse, you could answer that question for us. Yeah, sure. So you can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash transition TW. Uh, so, yeah, that's a good one. You've also Excellent. got our website, transition.tk. Um, we've got Instagram. We've got, yeah, all sorts of ways to get in touch. So, Please do. We love hearing from people. And uh, it's great when you hear our music on Apple, Spotify, all those kinds of places. Look out for Transition Qianjing Yuetuan. And that's the Chinese characters. Fantastic, fantastic. Folks, thank you very much for listening. That was Transition, an English rock band formed by brothers Josh and Jesse Edbrook, who are two-time winners of the Taiwanese Golden Melody Award. Thank you so much for joining me today, gents. Really appreciate your time. Thank you. Thanks for having us. It's been a pleasure. You've been listening to The Journey Podcast, where I, Cy Wilmore, talk with pioneers, trailblazers, and thought leaders who are pushing the envelope in their industries. Thanks for listening, and I'll speak to you soon. Mm-hmm.